Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Alrighty, everybody, we are back for another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. It's October. It is a sports bettors dream month. Um, we have football at all levels. We have MLB playoffs. We have basketball and hockey getting underway. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, before we get to introing our guest, I am your host, Julian Edlow, along with my co-host, Steve Buchanan. If you don't follow us on Twitter, at Julian Edlow, at SBCannon24. If you don't follow the show on Twitter, at Unreasonable Odd. Yes, we ran out of room. There is no S. At Unreasonable Odd to follow the Unreasonable Odds podcast. And really quickly, if you are not already following Unreasonable Odd, you should be doing so uh, because if you listen to this on Thursday or Friday morning, we are doing one of our better giveaways yet. It is on the DFS side of things, actually. I know we cover generally sports betting here. Um, but I know you guys all play DFS anyway, and I know you guys all want to win a million dollars. So we are giving away 50, five, zero. That is a lot. We're going to have a lot of winners. It's not one person. Oh, I'm not going to win. You have a great chance to win because we are giving away 50 tickets to the NFL week five millionaire maker on DraftKings. Um, you should see that on the DraftKings Twitter handle, um, on our at unreasonable odds, Twitter handle, Steve and I have been retweeting it. So Get yourself into the mix on Thursday. Listen to this podcast when it comes out. Listen to it Friday morning. Get in by noon Eastern on Friday, and we are going to have 50 free millionaire maker tickets. That is the first order of business. Um, second order of business, as we usually do on Thursday, we have a guest. We have Drew Martin. You can find him on Twitter at Drew Martin Betts. You can find him doing all kinds of things, such as hosting on Wager Talk TV, on Sports Grid um hustle show podcast uh with adam trigger with chris thurston with all types of personalities and guests as well on that podcast one of the better sports betting podcasts out there along with unreasonable odds i would say drew martin thanks for coming on man how you doing Julian, I'm doing good. Appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, always in in enjoy talking sports with you, talking gambling with you. And uh, uh, nice to meet you as well, Steve. Thanks for having me on. And uh, shout out to your, your producer, Samir, in the background as well. Seems like a really cool guy. Oh, I think that's the first time Samir's gotten some love. All right, Drew. Drew's going to be a constant guest now, no doubt. <laughs> really the first time Samir's been called cool. <laughs> He and seems Samir like he had slaps, a... Samir slacks us. Love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the soccer jerseys in the background. He seemed like a uh, pretty reasonable guy on a reasonable podcast. So, you know, <laughs> seems cool to me. Well, you are incorrect there. None of us are reasonable. Um, and with that said, we will, before we dive into the NFL Week 5 slate, we will play a game that we like to play when we have a guest on for the first time called Know You Better. So, Drew, uh, this can be don't need to know dollar amounts don't need to know anything it doesn't need to be the most you've won on a bet um it doesn't need to be the highest plus odds you've won on a bet it just needs to be your favorite win of your sports betting career oh that is a great question man ah 
I would probably go back to pretty early on, right after I kind of left my straight job, Julian. And I was betting too much. I mean, in comparison to like what a smart better should do in terms We've of percentage. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure most of us have been there. And uh, I, I kind of made my ways in in the Sun Belt, you know, MAC football, low kind of conference college football, trying to get an edge on the betting markets. And Georgia Southern was traveling out to Moscow, Idaho. Idaho. It was Georgia Southern versus Idaho. And the market opened like minus one, minus 15 Georgia Southern on the road. And I'm like, man, they are going to pound Idaho. I'm betting them big. And then sure enough, I don't know if it was a bet, betting syndicate, a big one out there thought the opposite of me. And I was trying to, to follow, you know, strict betting protocol. And each time it went up to like, you, you know, uh, like they were laying less like minus 14 and then minus 13. I was betting more and more. And it got to a point where it was like, man, this is getting a little bit too much. And then sure enough, they did crush. So I ended up winning the bet. So it turns out to be a really good story, but pretty early on watching that in the sweat dripping down my face as it was kind of a close game in the first half, uh, <laughs> that, that was probably the best, be the best win of my life, man. So we usually kind of get this theme that, People kind of struggle to give their favorite win, but they know their worst beat like that. Oh, yeah. Is that going to be the same case with you? What's your worst loss that you've endured? Well, sure. And it, 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 it comes to mind because I'm reminded about it all the time on SVPs, you know, uh, the bad beat segment, the Duke Cincinnati game and the Belk Bowl that makes the run every time they go into that segment, which I, I, I enjoy watching as a fan. And sure enough, I was on Duke. Uh, David Cutcliffe, the head coach for Duke, he was on that huge ATS run, was making money betting on Duke of all teams. And then sure enough, they're up big late and uh, it just worked against us. And uh, it, one of the worst beats out there of recent memory. And sure enough, I bet it, Steve. So that's by by far the, the, the worst loss. Second, that's the second time we've had a repeat answer in this segment. And yep. the Belt Bowl is now a repeat answer. So that's why that's why it leads the SVP uh, bad beat segment. Sure, and that Julian, think about it. You know, it's a it's a singled out. It was bowl week, so it's kind of the only major college football game on. You got to bet yeah. something. So a lot of people were involved with it. So it really sets up that a lot of people would either love that game or hate that game. Yep. Um, all right. So as we as this you know whole sports betting community grows on Twitter, more and more information is readily available. It's recycled. It's posted everywhere. All types of I, I can give you trends tonight on on for this Thursday night football game uh, that tell you the Rams are going to win in cover. That tell you the Seahawks <laughs> are going to win in cover. You can sure. do whatever you want with numbers. What is a trend or a stat that you put the most stock in? A number that you think this actually holds value? Man, I I would probably say. The, the, the midweek stats, you know, when you have less time to prepare like a head coach um, for a Thursday night game, like for instance, tonight's game, Seattle versus the LA Rams or um, extra time to prepare for a head coach. I think those type of stats tend to repeat themselves. So the timing of when the kickoff is and what coaches excel in certain time frames, I tend to look at those trends and pay attention to them, Julian. So in that sense too, where Twitter is full of information, doesn't necessarily mean it's good information. Uh, what's a trend that you kind of avoid as, as much as possible? One that you think that really doesn't matter at all. Um, I, I don't know, Steve, if it doesn't matter at all, but I can tell you from being in this business since 2014 and seeing how it's, you know, become a lot more popular, especially, you know, since PAPSFA turned in what, 2018, some things I just think have gotten blown out of proportion. One thing I'll throw out there is like, oh, this is a public side or, oh, this is the sharp side. I think those kind of terms get thrown out way too much. So if you're like, oh, I like this dog, they're catching 10 at home. And, and somebody's like, oh, that's such a public dog. It's like, what does that even really mean? You know, like, I, I just think those terms are getting thrown out a little bit too much. And people kind of need to pump the brakes on that because give me a matchup handicap of, hey, this team's going to beat another team because of this reason. I'll take those type of handicaps over, hey, the percentage has bet this 
And even though I like seeing that, you know, where, where the numbers are going, if you're just betting off of that, I think you're doing it wrong. I'll tell you, I, and I agree with that. And I'll give you an example. I think that, and you were with me on one of these bets a couple of weeks ago, Louisville over FSU. Um, yeah. FSU continues to be the, I'm doing air quotes now, if you're just listening and not watching sharp side of all these games and they keep taking money and week after week, Louisville beats them, Syracuse covers against them. We get to a point where, you know, the sharp money's there, but maybe FSU just isn't good and they're good to bet against. Um, Last one here, and the only, the one answer you're not allowed to give because everybody says it, and we pretty much covered it already, is bankroll management. You just said, early in your career, bet too much. Oops, that one worked out in your favor. One, the one uh, piece of advice that you would give to new sports bettors outside of betting responsibly. Um, stick to what you know, you know, um, if you're an NFL guy, stick with NFL. If you like college football and you're an SEC guy, know the SEC better than anybody out there. If you're a PAC 12 guy, know the PAC 12 better than anybody out there. If you need to bet the central American soccer leagues, because you just want to have some action, go ahead and do it. But, uh, know where to spend most of your time and trying to beat the odds makers because heck, People that work at DraftKings are very smart people and they know what they're doing. So uh, if you don't know a hundred percent what you're doing, probably pump the brakes and just bet really small amounts. Appreciate the compliments. You're too kind, but that is definitely not true. We, we just kind of, you know, pretend like we know what we're doing at least. And the check clears every week. So that, that, that's, that's a good part of it. Let's get, <laughs> well, you're into... not setting the, you're not setting the lines. You're not one of the people he's calling smart. You're oh. an idiot. Well, that's okay. That's why that's why I needed to pump the brakes on that. All right, let's get into week five. The NFL board here. We're starting off Thursday night football. Really solid game for, for Thursday night football. Rams at Seahawks on the short week here. Uh, Rams slight underdogs in this one. Minus two on the spread. Minus 135 on the money line. The over under on this game is a bit high, in my opinion. 53 and a half for this one. But obviously, we'll divulge into that there. Uh, Drew, what are your thoughts on this one here? The Rams obviously coming off. That loss last week, uh, Sean McVay has covered um, uh, 80% of the time after a road loss there, eight and two against the spread in that scenario. What are your thoughts on this one? Interesting that on, on that uh, Sean McVay stat, I like that one, Steve. Um, I, actually, you, you mentioned the total being high, and that's something I'm actually looking at personally is because each of the last three games for both of these two t- for both of these two teams, the Seahawks and the Ram- Rams, they've led up consecutively higher uh, yards per game against. So the defenses haven't really been playing as well of late. So you can see why the total is high. I mean, sidewise, look, the Rams on Thursdays have not been all that great. And, you know, we were just talking about it earlier of trends. I do pay a little bit more attention to, and that's one being in a short week for whatever reason, they haven't performed as well. Actually their last four times, Oh, and four against the spread so i'm watching out for that and seattle on the other side eight one and two on thursdays in their last 11 attempts at it and nine and two their last 11 as a home dog of course we get russell wilson back there just the uh second quarterback in nfl history to win 100 games in his first 10 years of course not missing a game i think it's really tough to uh bet against russell wilson especially when he's a home dog so it would be seattle or pass for me sidewise steve what do you think so this is one this is one of those games like I said and I think this game stay like you can do trends that point to either side. I think this is a game that literally you can po- have trends that point to either side in a pretty yeah. strong manner. There's primetime Russ and the Seahawks, there's underdog Russ and the Seahawks, there's home underdog Russ and the Seahawks that is even better. Um so a lot points to Seattle. My thing is and we mentioned the total. I haven't made a play on the total I kind of lean to the over and you go well the Rams have a really good defense the problem is the Rams have been letting up points and yards so far we haven't seen the Rams defense actually be the defense that that we expected and Seattle's defense is super soft um I think they're gonna have a lot of trouble with with Stafford um and you know all those receivers so I think we're gonna see some points in this one I kind of lean the other way to to the Rams which makes this a tough game I like it's tough to go against Seattle as a short week home dog but I do think the talent on the Rams defense comes together at some point it kind of has to whereas Seattle's I think doesn't come together at any point this season 
Um, so I kind of think the Rams have a little bit of a, a an edge in a, in a shootout type of game here. McVay, you mentioned some of the McVay numbers. He's also just 15 and five straight up off, uh, off a loss. Um, so he generally rebounds pretty well, but the numbers can point to either side of this game. It said, you know, I'll have to take some type of stand because I got to write my Thursday night football best bets article for DraftKings Sportsbook. So I'm going to have to come up with something. Um, I'm leaning to the Rams in the over, but it's it's a close game. It's a tough game to call. A huge division game in the best division in the NFL on a short week. Uh, there's a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different ways that this could go. So I would like the Seahawks more if Chris Carson was going to play in this game. It's looking like he's going to miss this one. He's been questionable coming in this one. I don't think he logged a practice at all this week. So that means Alex Collins is going to be handling the RB1 duties in this one, which, you know, to be fair, he's not a bad replacement. Uh, You know, like some of these teams have nothing, you know, behind their RB1. Alex Collins should be able to handle the RB1 duties. Um, It's just that, you know, Russell Wilson's probably going to have a hard time getting the field down, uh, getting the ball downfield against a really strong secondary. And obviously he has some really strong weapons with Lockett and Metcalf. So, you know, when what I'm saying that I would lean towards the Rams in this one too, as well, but you know, this is obviously, I think this is going to be a very close game. So that really has me torn on the spread. The only thing that I would be interested in doing, and you know, it took only about 15 minutes into the show to get into this is maybe teasing the Seahawks on the spread here, get them up to plus eight. That's a, that's a pretty enticing number on a week that Julian and I on Monday said is a really tough board to do teasers. Drew, we're all into teasers. So that's, you know, you're going to probably hear this a lot, but, I think getting the uh, the Seahawks at plus eight as part of a teaser, and I'll, I'll talk about the other team I like doing that with later on, but I think that probably might be the most enticing spot uh, in this game for me. I, I like it, Steve. I mean, you bring up teasers. You know, the NFL is is the sport to be doing teasers in. So you're right. Um, this kind of lines up as the game. It's just a matter of pairing it. So I'm kind of uh, interested in, in where we're going on the Sunday board with which game you're looking to pair it with. I was going to say, do you want to go and do we want to touch the London game quick? Like real quick? (laughs) Why would it need to be quicker than the, than than any of the others? It it just isn't one of them. I mean, I will say the total's gone up uh, two, two and a half points in this game, up to 46 and Jets Falcons, the early kickoff in London. It sounds like you like drew, you like this game as much as, as much as any, if it doesn't need to be quicker. No, well, I, I, I'm always interested in 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 change, Julian. As a sports better, I think finding change and going from that point forward is the best way to win as a sports better. So finding this situation where two teams are traveling over to London, obviously haven't done it much, and trying to find different avenues where there can be an advantage for the sports better is, is a great way to go at this business. So um, usually when they're heading over to London, you know, it's in Wembley, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, this one is in Tottenham. So the surface area, a lot of times when it goes over to London is like, ah, the surface isn't as good. It's going to be a slower played game, a little bit sloppier. But I actually talked with a buddy of mine that's an EPL guy, and he was saying, no, this surface is a lot better in Tottenham. So watch out for that if that has any influence on this game. And also talking about just the Jets overall, you know, a rookie quarterback coming off of a win. You got to give him credit for that. No doubt about it. But so far this season, and we've seen it in the NFL the last couple years, you know, whether it be Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, they're collectively what two and 10 straight up four and eight against the spread this season. And when you go back even multiple years, it's the, the numbers 48 and 57 ATS um, it, out the go for these young rookie quarterbacks starting for their team. So they've been a b- great bet against now sending them on the other side of the pond going up against Matt Ryan, who heck he, he hasn't been great ever since leading what 28 to three in the Super Bowl multiple <laughs> years ago against the Patriots, which I'm sure you guys uh, can remember here. I still think the Falcons are the side in this one, Julian Atlanta, uh, or, or excuse me, the, the New York or yeah, it, it, the Atlanta Falcons have struggled against the AFC East talking about trends, but still that's a trend. I wouldn't put too much uh, emphasis in because I, I feel like the jets at this point are the worst team in the AFC East and ha- have been for a couple years now. I'm with you. This would be a, if you, if you have the craving, you want to wake up, you have that bowl of cereal on Sunday morning and you got to bet an NFL game or you <laughs> wait for all the other games to kick off. We'll sprinkle on the Falcons. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. See, that's exactly why I don't 
want to touch this game. It's 9.30 in the morning. NFL Sunday is stressful enough. I don't need to be worrying about the Jets and Falcons. That's exactly how I feel on that one. So that's a clear stay away from me. The only thing I will add, though, is that that was by far the best game we saw Zach Wilson have. And the bar wasn't very high because of how bad that that Titan secondary is. He's going to kind of get a carbon copy of that this week, too, as well. So that's where I think that we actually might see maybe two in a row for the Jets. I don't love it. That's just my lean on that one, just because the matchups are very similar from what he had in week four and to this one in week five. All right, let's move on to the overall board for week five in this one. Um, a lot of really enticing games on this board. Uh, like we mentioned, was it is it a very, a very strong uh, teaser week here overall? But Drew, what um, is there a game that kind of stuck out to you looking at the board here that you kind of had some interest in or a lean on a, on a total? Just anything you want to start with? We can roll with that. Um, sure. I mean, we we can go anywhere on the board. You know, I, I I've kind of just. Uh, uh, research my normal, you know, Sunday affair here, Steve. But I, I guess one of the games I'm interested in because I'm going to be going on Sunday is uh, the Sunshine <laughs> State battle. Miami Dolphins in Tampa Bay Bucks and the Bucks laying 10 now at home, 48 being the total. Steve, I was looking at this towards the under, actually. Um, sure. you, you know, I think there was kind of a sentiment out there when Tua went down that there wasn't that much of a drop off, if any at all, from some people, you know, talking about looking at Twitter and seeing what other people's opinions are from Tua to Brissett. I think we can put that to bed now. Tua is the more talented quarterback than Kobe Brissett. And I feel that the offense for the Miami Dolphins runs better when he's behind center. So that speaks to kind of the Miami Dolphins, maybe not having the offensive firepower that they had earlier in the season and Tampa, you know, Tom Brady coming off of that huge game up in Gillette. It was a fun game to watch overall covered with the Patriots in that one, but this is a tough spot for him coming back home. I know they're the home team, but still uh, you got to think something maybe um, just spot wise isn't there for the bucks. They are at home. There looks to be some, some weather uh, might be a concern in Tampa, plus the fact Flores, you know, how long did he work for the Patriots as their DC? What 10 years up there going up against Tom Brady? You got to think he learned something. What can work? So I think this Miami Dolphins defense actually might play pretty well. Um, and their offense not good at all. The bad spot for Tampa, I think, affects them offensively. So I actually like the under of 48 and Raymond James on Sunday. Interesting. I kind of I like that. That would be an under or a Dolphins getting the double digits for me because yeah. it's definitely a, it's definitely a letdown spot for Brady and the Bucks. And then people forget about the familiarity. We saw familiarity last week. Weather again came, played a huge factor. Brady lost some balls in the rain for for sure. I would say, but familiarity held the Bucks to to nineteen points in a pretty big game. Not exactly the same level of emotions and the all day lead up to the late kickoff, and certainly not the same spot, but familiarity there for the Dolphins I think that's going to be another weird game I don't think the Bucks are going to bounce back from that close win by blowing out the Dolphins at home here sure and, and Julie what do you think of my assessment of the the Dolphins quarterback situation do you agree that Tua is a step up from uh or or, or do you think you know agree with a lot of people out there that maybe it isn't I don't I think of it almost more of a non-factor like okay. I think it's pretty level um Brissett obviously has plenty of experience, um, you know, got started in the Patriots system, good place to learn, wound up getting the job with Indy because of everything that happened with Andrew Luck when he was there to be a backup. So like he's got the experience under his belt. He knows how to run an offense and Tua hasn't done anything. To, he hasn't done anything to, to make you feel like he's going to going to carry the load offensively and make the Dolphins ever be that team that. Uh, you know, whatever Herbert has done for the Chargers, whatever Burrow has right. done for the Bengals, like Tua clearly hasn't done that with this Miami offense. So I, I think that, you know, plugging in a, let's say above average backup, like Brissett is generally equal to Tua at this stage. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people have that opinion. I guess we'll learn more about it here in the coming weeks. Yeah. You know, one thing for me, too, is that Brissett isn't really going to throw the ball downfield to a will. You know, you look oh, yeah. at the yard, the yards per pass attempt for Jacoby Brissett through the first you know couple of weeks that he's in starting. He's under five, whereas Tua was, you know, consistently over six, even sometimes touching seven. So that's a big difference here for me, because this Bucks secondary and this is what I think people are overlooking is extremely beatable. 
The Dolphins have a damn good secondary. That yes. secondary, I feel like, is vastly overlooked week in and week out. Like, you look at the amount of uh, uh, points allowed by the Dolphins, especially to wide receivers, it's it's quite minuscule. Now, they're facing probably the toughest offense that they'll face um, as of yet this season. But, you know, Miami, for what, for, you know, the injuries that they're dealing with in their receivers too, with, you know, Will Fuller, which is nothing new to, you know, anybody who follows the NFL, but they got some legitimate weapons there too. So I think the dolphins can hang in this game. So I would absolutely be uh, interested in the dolphins at plus 10. I, I think that's the play in this one. I think this is, uh, I I'm, I'm on with Julian here that this is a uh, kind of a letdown spot for the bucks, even at home, but that spread is just too high for me for the dolphins to be uh double digit underdogs in this one. I think, I think they can cover in this one. Julian, what um, what what kind of jumped out? Go ahead. Did you have something else you want to add? No, I'm looking at something because the line that I'm really interested in college football that we're going to talk about later is moving. Come on, stay on, stay, so stay on the tell you to host and, uh, Keep steering the keep steering the football the NFL Sunday. All right, All right hold go on. ahead, Julian. I'm, I'm, I'm like a professional. One? I can do. I can multitask. Um, let's keep it in the the one o'clock early window on uh, on Sunday. As I'm waiting for the board to come up here. So a square game, I don't know, we're saying sharp money, square money, that doesn't matter. A, a game that I want to look at, the look-ahead line, Titans, Jags, Tennessee was minus seven and a half on the road in Jacksonville. They're now minus four. We'll see what the status is of those receivers, um, who they, they desperately could have used one against the Jets, might have made a difference in, in that game. Mm. Um not a bad like bounce back spot for the Jaguars. They looked better against the Bengals. They've had a long week to prepare. The problem with that long week is that Urban Meyer has been a pretty big problem uh, within that program. Like, and Tennessee is coming off a loss to the Jets as you know a touchdown favorite for the majority of the week. The Colts got a win last week um, as slight underdogs in Miami tough one for the Colts on Monday night as a, as a pretty big dog in Baltimore this time around, but still Tennessee needs a bounce back win. And it's been a rough week for Jacksonville. This number's so short. Like I feel like they're begging you to take Tennessee here, but this is one where I'm willingly going to jump into whatever this trap may be. And I think that the Titans get this one done, even with their soft defense, I think they're going to score enough points. And I think the Jaguars just aren't, like Trevor Lawrence looked better, which is a big deal. I just don't think the Jags are going to be all there for this, this game. This has become, it was a spot where maybe I was going to stay away. And urban Meyer has now made it a spot that I'm willing to get, to get in on. Like it, urban Meyer has literally forced me in, into this bet. Anybody I'm have any you. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, Julian. Um, you know, it's the Tennessee Titans haven't exactly been world beaters in the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, Hey, bottom of the barrel, most likely in terms of uh, NFL power ratings, but the, I, you're right. Urban Meyer. I love the way you put that urban Meyer makes us talk about this game. Almost. It almost makes the, the degenerate in me want to bet it even more Julian, but looking at it, I mean, yeah, part of me thinks the whole urban Meyer situation is you know definitely a bad thing which is kind of what a lot of people would think in, in terms of taking the titans but then the other part of me thinks you know if i'm a 25 year old nfl guy making good money you know playing the sport i love what do i really care what he's doing you know in in, in the partial off week I, I part of me is thinking like these guys don't care at all but then the other part of me is thinking hey if he's telling them not to do that and then he's doing it maybe it looks bad so i'm actually not sure how to go on that if if maybe the market's given us kind of like a a telling sign here that it's only four in the hook on yeah. the titans um, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is with each game going to become a better quarterback. So at some yeah. point, I do feel that the Jags can be actually a money maker, being kind of the these bottom teams. And in sports betting, sometimes, you know, one of the better ways to make money is find these absolutely awful teams that just become, you know, bad because that step up it stays under the radar longer. So I kind of had Jacksonville circled as that. I just don't think four and a half is enough to jump in here. I really don't. So that's why I haven't bet this game of late, but with all the urban Meyer news, I don't know if it's, you know, the, the, 
I guess, rumorville in me wanting to be on the Titans here, minus four and a half. Because if they do smash them this weekend, it's going to be like, oh, I saw that coming, should have jumped on it. So right. I, I'll probably be on the Titans by kickoff, but I haven't bet it of, of, of yet. 92% of the handle and 85% of the bets on the Titans this week. So <laughs> I will just say, like, it's, you know, we saw last week, whatever it was, 95% of the money on the Bucks and the Patriots cover, yeah. like, yeah. books clean up. Okay, great. But let's remember, you know, Jags, uh, Cardinals a week earlier, 96% or 96% of the money on the spread closed on Arizona. Now, not nearly as much handle, not as big of a game to bet as, um, you know, Pat's Bucks for sure. But just because a game closes with over 90, 95% of the money on one side, it does not mean it's the wrong side. There are situations where it is, um, but sometimes those, you know, we're talking about public sides. Sometimes those public sides come through. I think, and right. my last point on this is, I like to what you were saying, Drew. Like, I don't write. I'm, I'm 25. I'm making a million dollars a year. I don't really care what Urban Meyer is doing. I'm enjoying my life. Exactly. Um, but I think that it just, when I'm going to work all week, I think what Urban Meyer did is taking away from the entire team's preparation for a Titans team that is obviously better than them already. That's my only, that's how to simplify it, I guess, for me. Yeah, it's always hard to handicap those type of situations in the NFL. Like, does it affect the locker room? Does it not? Unless you're there every day getting a feel for it. it I think it's tough to read that. That's why I usually stay away from those type of handicaps. Um, but heck, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. It, it, I, th I thought you played it out. Uh, y y your analysis there was pretty good on, on, on the Jags situation. For me, for me, I think it was like I think it was a Sports Illustrated report that they're like when he's walking out of the room, the players just start cracking up laughing. Like I know, think like think about when you were in like high school and you have like a substitute teacher and they go to the bathroom <laughs> and everybody's like cracking up laughing. You're not focusing on your work. Yeah. You're not focusing on your work in the room. So I think the Jags are losing focus at work. Put it that way. That that can't help you if you're uh, looking to cover four and a half here against the Titans. <laughs> Cannot help. <you. laughs> All right, I, I want to bring up this game because I, I this one caught my attention immediately in the beginning of the week. I kind of was tossing and turning on it, but I, I'm officially sold on this one now. I love taking the Bengals plus three against the Packers this week as home underdogs. Uh, I think there's just a lot of things pointing in the directions for the Bengals in this one to maybe even potentially pull the upset here. Um, it really starts for me that, you know, the Packers are down one of their receivers, an MVS who's on the uh, injured reserve. And then you have a Bengals run defense that has been so solid this season. They haven't allowed more than 81 rushing yards to opposing teams. And that's despite the fact that opposing teams have run the ball uh, just under 20 times per game. And, you know, obviously Aaron Jones is such a dynamic running back. You know, we might find some success catching out of the backfield, but he's still only averaging just under four targets per game. And then one of the other biggest factors, Jareer Alexander got hurt last week against the Steelers. They're already down Kevin King, who's dealing with a con concussion. Now they're going to lose potentially um, their second best cornerback. And you look at the Bengals, who could be down Joe Mixon in this one. I actually like that even more because that's going to make Joe Burrow throw the ball more. T. Higgins should be back in the mix. This is going to be a secondary that they can beat. So if you're telling me that I can get the Bengals at plus three at home, obviously you'd like to get this more at three and a half. But if you can get them at that number at home against the Packers, I'm really on this one. This actually might even end up being my favorite bet of the week at this point. But uh, I think there's a lot to like about the Bengals as dogs in this week. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Steve. I think the Bengals, um, you, you know, Joe Burrow, the, actually, I, I think he has the better quarterback rating than Aaron Rodgers to this point in the season, surprisingly enough. And it, this seems like one of those those games where, heck, kind of just the, the new better to the NFL might see, you know, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers only seeing that three and really start to gravitate towards that. But I, I could see this being a, a, a play where, you know, it's almost the market telling us again at, at just this low number towards the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. We know he could cover numbers from last year. So I'm with you. I, I, I think Cincinnati's the way at home here as the home dog. Um, I, I, it would be Cincinnati or pass for me as well. I'm a, we can speed right through this one. I have nothing to add. Bengals or pass. And I'm surprised, too, you're looking at the numbers right now. Bengals plus three, only 17% of the handle. 
14% of the bets. Nobody is on this team right now. Yeah. Packers and Aaron Rodgers are always going to be a public play, especially when you get them at a short number, three or less, and you're getting them against like, you know, the brand name of the Bengals, like Drew just said, you're a new NFL better. Ooh, I want to bet on Aaron Rodgers and the, the Packers. The brand name of the Bengals is like the Jaguars and all these yeah. teams that just aren't good. And the Bengals are getting kind of good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I wouldn't um, be surprised to see them in the playoffs. That, that's, I a would some, love that. that's a somewhat hot take. <laughs> that's a somewhat hot take. Um, really quick, here's a team that I am betting to make the playoffs. Put them in my Week 5 Best Bets article as a futures ad. Carolina Panthers plus 175 on DraftKings Sportsbook to make the playoffs. They are 3-1. and one. They are a home favorite in Week 5. They're going to be getting Stephon Gilmore into that secondary of a pretty good defense. They look good on offense. They got C.J. Henderson, a top 10 pick from Jacksonville at cornerback, who we'll see what he can become for them. The reason they're adding all these corners is the injury to J.C. Horn, who should, I believe, be back later in the season. If they can get him healthy later, they have a good secondary, good up front. Uh, Carolina at that plus 175. Tampa's still going to win the division, but those three wildcard spots, like the NFC North could just wind up being the the Packers. The NFC East is generally a one team division for the playoffs so i don't think uh i don't think the nfc west is going to get all four teams in they probably get three and that leaves another spot and it probably leaves an uh, an nfc south spot and i think the panthers are going to wind up being better than the saints so i don't mind that and that transitions me into this weird shrinking number for panthers eagles panthers at home minus three I don't like that Philly defense going on the road. I, I kind of like the Panthers minus three in this game. Sure. Julie, I, I'm with you. I mean, they're three and one straight up three and one against the spread. Um, and, and you talk about going up against Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia hasn't looked good at all. They've given up what 40 points and back to back. Steve loves series. Steve loves the Eagles. I don't know why rookie head coach, bad uh, defense. <laughs> sorry about that, Steve. I, I'm up against you here. <laughs> Carolina is one of my better general, bets on the Steve board. Seems to love the Eagles this year. Yeah, nope. I, I think they're they're lucky to be in the AFC East, Steve, man. And I think they go down by more <laughs> than three points in Carolina. I I just think uh, and you know take the I, Eagles, coward. I, I am. <laughs> I will take them here. I mean, look, maybe it's just Dak Prescott, maybe it's just the Cowboys weapons. That defense was pretty exposed last week. Okay. Now you get another dynamic quarterback and Jalen Hurts coming. Well, His- and then it got exposed again for like 40 whatever points, but that was also Patrick Mahomes. Right. So I'm just not sold. There is no Stefan Gilmore this week specifically. The right. plan is that he's going to play in week six. So make sure you know that too, because I think some people are on the assumption that he's playing this week. He's not. No, okay. So, you no, know, it went from four to three. People know. People, uh, the Eagles money is there, apparently. I don't know. Right. But. Yeah. Smart side. The smart people are, are, are jamming that money in. Look, I, for me, it's, it, it's just Jalen Hurts for me. Like he is just an absolute producer, whether it's on the ground, through the air, like even on days. And we saw this back, I think it was week two, even on days when the Eagles look absolutely terrible, Jalen Hurst is still putting the numbers up. I still think he's going to put the numbers up against this Panthers team. Now, I would have liked this more when it was at minus four, um, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, plus four for the Eagles. It's not as attractive now at plus three. But if this starts to move back in the other direction, I would be interested in, in taking the Eagles in this spot. I get it. The, the defenses on both teams are night and day. They're not even close, especially when you're comparing the secondaries. But I like Jalen Hurts enough, especially when he starts targeting uh, Devonta Smith. That's where it really is is the thing, big thing for me here, too. But we just have to watch that Christian McCaffrey news, too, because there actually seems like they're kind of trying to push it for him to play this week. Um, okay, let's. We're not gonna have time to go through the entire board here, so let's just pick out games that we do like. Like the the teaser leg of the week for me was the Vikings hosting the Lions, yeah. but now we're up at nine and a half already. So like we're not teasing to three and a half. You got to get through those key numbers. I wrote up in my best bets article earlier in the week, teased Minnesota down to one, teased Baltimore down to one. That was my teaser this week. I think those two teams get through. Um, hopefully you got it early, but the value's gone there. That's my last thought in the one o'clock window. I don't know if you guys have Broncos Steelers or Saints football team thoughts. Then when you get to the later window, we got Bears Raiders, Browns Chargers, Giants Cowboys. That total's gone up three points. I still think the over 
might be fine in that one. Games in Dallas are seeing like over 60 points going back through last season. The Red Hot Cardinals, five-point favorites, maybe against a rookie quarterback in his first start in Trey Lance, maybe against a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and then we'll kind of close up with that Sunday night game. We'll save that for last. I do have a thought there. Um, Steve, Drew, any just just throw it out there. Anything, anything else we like in this Sunday slate? Well, I, I was looking towards the Sunday night game. So, um, Steve, okay. if you have any of uh, the day games that, that, that you like, go ahead, bud. Uh, I think the Chargers have become a lot more attractive since that Baker Mayfield news came out with the uh, partially torn labelman is non-throwing shoulder. Uh, but def- something definitely seemed off the past you know, week and a half, I would say. So now they're uh, minus two at home against the Browns, against a quarterback that's obviously in a lot of pain. And obviously it's been affecting him, even though it's not his uh, throwing shoulder. But two really good fronts going against each other in this one. I'll take the one who's going up against the injured quarterback in uh, in Baker Mayfield. So I like the Chargers minus two in this one. I, I think that's a... Uh, a pretty nice spot. I didn't really have, wasn't paying much attention to this game until that news from Mayfield came out. So I think the minus two is a pretty, uh, pretty good number here against the Browns. I like that as well. I, I was looking towards the Chargers. I have that one circled. Um, I think I think we get the better quarterback. And you're right, add on the injury concerns. I mean, the Chargers look really good in Monday night football. And I know, you know, the short week is something you, you kind of worry about a little bit. But still, I think uh, with the better quarterback and uh, the injury, the injury news with Baker Mayfield, it's it's the Chargers for me. That, well, that point know. about the short week, too. To, sorry, real quick. The point about the, the short week. With very minimal travel, though, that's that's oh, the thing though, where I can kind of uh, toss that out when they were playing in Las Vegas. Very minimal travel on the short week. Um, and with that one, we and now we know Baker's hurt. So, like, the Chargers run defense looked great against yeah. the Raiders. So now they can maybe load up a little more on the Browns strength against Chubb and Hunt. I, I definitely side with the Chargers there, lean with the Chargers as well. All right. Sunday night football, big one in the AFC. Uh, rematch of the AFC title game at Arrowhead Stadium. Bills, three-point dogs at the Chiefs. Big old total at 56 and a half. Drew, you got, I, I got something here. I'll go after you. Let's hear your Sunday night football take. Sure. I mean, I like the Buffalo Bills. I really do here. Um, I think they're the stronger team, you know, on a neutral site. I think that they uh, would definitely be favored, or at least my power ratings would have them favored over the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City's been a money burner going back, what, uh, all the way to halfway point of mid last season. They have, uh, if you've been betting on the chiefs, you've been losing a bunch of money. I know that they just get, did get a uh, ATS win, but still, I think uh, Josh Allen and company, um, I don't want to say the better quarterback, but not giving up too much against Patrick Mahomes. I think uh, the bills going on the road, staying within three is a, uh, is a solid bet here. And there are still threes available, but it's uh, a lot of two and a half popping up right now, Julian, but it is the bills for me in Sunday night football. Yep, still still looking at a three as of Thursday afternoon on DraftKings Sportsbook, and that is outside of the Minnesota-Baltimore teaser, uh, the only bet I've written up so far, and the Carolina to make the playoffs. Um, first one I got in this week, Bills plus three, and a little sprinkle on the Bills' money line. Um, I'm totally on, on board. The Bills' defense has given up, what, like five touchdowns this year? So, like, this is the toughest test by far on the road against Patrick Mahomes you're not going to be quite as good as you've you've been in, you know, shutouts over the Texans at home, but it's a good defense and the Chiefs don't have a good defense. So I think Josh Allen's going to put up points here and Mahomes is going to struggle a little more. Like if a defense is going to get a key stop, it's going to be the Bills defense, not the Chiefs defense. So I'm on board Bills plus three, little Bills money line in this one. Revenge game too. You lost the AFC championship game here. Uh, Super Bowl hangover for KC. Like it just feels like momentum is building towards this Bills team kind of taking the step if you look at it from the big picture as well um just taking a step back from the game sure and julian i I forgot one thing you know a a lot of us concentrate on offense one of the sleeper things look at the defense in terms of the gap of yards given up so far this season this is number one in in the matchups this season we get arguably the number one defense in the bills versus one of the worst in the chiefs so uh that's another kind of tidbit there towards the bills yeah, just looking at how the money is being distributed in this game, too. 60% of the handle, 55% of the bets on Bills, uh, which was at two and a half at the time. Obviously, it's back to three. But this one is is wild to me. 79% of the handle on Bills plus 125. Uh, that was as of wow. uh, as, as Thursday morning. Uh, one thing here, too, is that Bills got a really good pass rush. 
Patrick Mahomes has been under pressure on just under 35% yeah. of his dropbacks so far this season. Obviously, he's kind of like Russell Wilson, you know, being under pressure doesn't really drop his numbers down too dramatically, but it's still a factor there too, that Mahomes is going to uh, not be comfortable in the pocket in this game too, but I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I think, you know, passing on the bills at plus three against a chiefs team who I believe now is two and 11 over their last 13 games against the spread. Uh, Drew, you said it earlier, this team yeah. has just been a nightmare betting for them against the spread. They're winning games, but they're just not covering. And when you get a, a spread like this at two and a half or three, that's just too small for me to like the, the chiefs who just aren't doing it to begin with anyway. So uh, it, it's bills plus three for me by far. Yeah. That was the stat I was looking for money burner two and 11. I, oh, I couldn't remember two and 11 or three and 11. So I didn't want to quote it, but yeah, that is it. Absolutely. Steve, I'm in agreement with you. All right. Well, this is generally the spot where we do who let the dogs out and give an underdog pick an underdog that's going to win outright. Um, and then we go to best bets of the week. Um, I don't, I'm kind of going to like lump these segments together. Yeah. Is anybody's favorite underdog to win outright? Not the the bills. Does anybody have a better one? No. Nope. I mean, Bengals, I think would be the second closest. Bang- okay. Yeah. Bengals at home against the Packers. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah. The bill, the bills are my underdog. I think they're winning this game at, at Arrowhead. True. Are you, would you, do you like, it sounds like you like the bills a lot more than the Bengals this week. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I personally bet the bills Um, the Bengals. Yeah. I, I, I like the Bengals as well. I'm trying to just for, for sake of content to throw another one out there, maybe the Washington <laughs> football team uh, plus oh, okay. two. I have them circled here um, being at home against the new Orleans saints. So th- those were the, would, would be the three I would throw out there guys. Yeah, yeah Cont- the- content is good being contrarian, giving a pick, but yeah. people that listen to gambling podcasts want winners. So if we're three for three on the Bengals, <laughs> then we're conviction three for three on the Bengals. That is the underdog. And so like I was ready to hopefully give out so that I didn't use my underdog as my best bet, a Vikings Ravens teaser as my best bet. But hopefully you got it because I can't give it out putting the Vikings down to three and a half anymore. So now my best bet in NFL becomes the Bills again. Like it's I don't this is scary. I don't know if this is good or bad. Uh, usually if, if, if you're finding a winner and you stay on them, that's a good way to, 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 to build a bankroll. So I wouldn't talk you off of it. Fair enough. Um, Drew Martin, the floor is yours for a second here. Your favorite bet, your best bet on the NFL board. You, if don't be afraid to repeat, like whatever your best bet is, you go, go right ahead. If it's the bills, it's the bills. Oh, it's the bills Sunday night okay. football with the three still out there. Uh, Josh Allen, on the road, you know, revenge, like you talked about in the money burner, uh, talking about trends that matter, you know, uh, ATS trends with the chiefs, like Steve just talked about what two and 11, their last 13 against the spread and going up against a really good bills team. Uh, I'd find a three and hammer the bills for Sunday night football. All right, Steve, NFL week five, best bet. Something tells me you might be going to the Bengals here. Uh, well, uh, we got, I got to stick with the theme. We're going to do the teaser. Okay. But it does involve. Uh, this the is Bengals. the first week of the podcast, by the way. I think my best bet hasn't been a teaser. Maybe week one, getting the Niners early at minus seven, which which got there when everybody got backdoored on the closing number in the Lions. But I've been all teasers, I'm, and I'm going yep. Bills this week. But, you know, sticking with that theme, getting the Bengals to plus nine, getting the Bills to plus nine. That's your two-leg teaser mm. for this week. Bengals and Bills both to plus nine. Okay, yep. that's interesting. I don't mind that. Gets you through all the key, all the key numbers of a one possession game. So, all right, not too shabby. Um, Steve, take a quick nap for a second. We're gonna rifle through the rest of this because Steve knows nothing about college football, but Drew and I do know a little something about college football. We'll rip through some of the bigger games of the weekend. Give a couple of quick MLB thoughts before we get out of here. Um, Drew, every weekend I think that the college football slate, like it can't get any better than this. It's awesome. Next week's got to calm down a little bit. And we still just get game after game, like noon window, early window. We got Red River rivalry. We got um, Oklahoma at Texas. Texas, a home home dog of three and a half points. We got a huge Arkansas Ole Miss game in the SEC. Um, go a little later into the late afternoon window. We have Georgia at Auburn in the SEC. We have a massive top five showdown with Penn State going to Iowa. Penn State opened a three-point dog there, trending more towards a pick'em. That's sitting at one and a half now. 
Um, we have what was supposed to be a really big night game between Alabama and Texas A&M, but Texas A&M has not done their part this season to, uh, you know, keep that as a big game. Alabama sitting at an 18 point favorite in that one. A um, couple other night games, I think, uh, I think have, have a little bit of value. Um, where are you looking? What are your, you know, a few spots you're looking on this college football board? You going to uh, match? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk some action if you want to. Actually, uh, if you want to start off, I guess, small and go big, uh, Kent State was a team I have circled here. They're minus five and a half out there against Buffalo. And really coming back to conference play after a lot of these teams playing big um, like SEC and in Big Ten schools. I always like to go back to power rating wise and coming into this season, I thought Kent State was going to win the Mac. And sure enough, Julian, they're sitting at two and three. And when you look at the teams that each of these two teams have played, I mean, Kent State has played Bowling Green was their first Mac game. And by the way, uh, I bet a lot of people didn't know this. Bowling Green's 5-0 and against the spread this season. They're one of the more surprising money makers in all of college football. But they, have the State, biggest, they have the biggest single upset in college football this season, right? 30 points, right, under to, to, to Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest upset so far this season. That's a great stat, too. Um, Kent State's played Maryland, Iowa, Texas A&M. So going up against those squads and then playing against the Mac foes, uh, Buffalo, you know, keep in mind, Lance Leopold, one of the more sleeper, better hires of the offseason. Lance Leopold went from building this Buffalo program up in the Mac to winning the Mac. And then he takes the Kansas job. He also took like seven, eight, nine players with him over to Kansas. So this B Buffalo team isn't as good as uh, in years past. So I think Kent State minus the five and a half is a buy low in that matchin and then um some of the big games i don't know if you wanted to go back and forth or what but i guess uh georgia auburn you know the uh the deep south's oldest rivalry and i know i have the auburn helmet behind me being an auburn grad We're but an actually, auburn guy yeah so i gotta put that out uh in the beginning here julian tough Becoming, week. yeah this is a this <laughs> is a tough week no doubt about it i mean going up against I don't think you can really make an argument in between, you know, one of the two best teams in college football, at least to this point in the season, being the Georgia Bulldogs. But the fact is, I came into the season very wary of Auburn and they came they came out, smashed a couple back opponents early and then up against Penn State. I actually thought that they showed well there in in a tough atmosphere. I thought it was kind of a toss up loss. I thought some of the big plays kind of went against them. And then the following week, they almost let one loss become two against Georgia State. And okay. a key point here is Bo Nix was actually pulled from that Georgia State game. TJ Finley comes in. And I think a lot of things in life, you know, and a lot of times when a quarterback watches somebody else do his job, Julian, and then gets it back, I actually think that's good long-term for the quarterback to get better. So watch for that to happen here with Bo Nix. I mean, he was running around like Johnny Manziel. I wish he would run a little bit more north and south as an Auburn fan those, here. Some of those fourth down plays against LSU were ridiculous. And I'll be honest, and I know you were on Auburn in that game. I was on, I was on LSU. I thought that was a bounce back spot for them at home i'm now out on lsu but those fourth down conversions by bo nix were ridiculous they were and some of that was luck i don't think that's going to happen against georgia so hopefully kind of pumps the brakes on go on doing that east west like kind of shimmy moves johnny manzel esque and goes a little bit more north and south because he can run but keep in mind they got tank bigsby back there he's going to be toting the rock on sundays for one of these nfl teams um, and the defensive front is good. That was the thing that I was worried about coming into this season. How would they hold up with the loss of talent up there at the defensive line and linebacker position? So getting more than two touchdowns as high as 16 now, Julian, at home. Um, I, I think this is the best team Georgia has faced uh, by a wide margin. Keep in mind, Clemson isn't what we thought they were. And when you look at the other teams they have played, I mean, Arkansas is decent, but outside of that, I mean, it's Vanderbilt, South Carolina, UAB. This is the toughest test Georgia will face and the toughest environment they'll face. So I'll take more than two touchdowns with the Auburn Tigers. All right. I'm not betting against you here, but I'm pretty close to with what I'm looking at. I like I like Georgia on the first half line at seven okay. and a half. Um, I don't want to mess around with the over two scores on the road in a big rivalry game. Like I, I do think that number one, Auburn could make it a game. Like you're saying number two, 
we could easily be looking at, you know, an, a clear cut Georgia win around 21 points, but Bo Nix has the ball at the end and you get it to 14, 15, you're still covering that game. So I, I don't want to be in that spot, but the way that Georgia has come out in these games, I, I do think that they are going to build it an early way they run the ball um, and Auburn, you know, at home will be more competitive, I think, than Arkansas on the road at Georgia. Um, I'm with you there, but I, I like Georgia to, to get out early in this one. And the, I just told myself that I'm going to bet Georgia team total unders until I lose. So I've been winning every week. An opponent has not cashed a team total over. I didn't do it against Clemson, so I didn't cash that one. But what they did to Clemson told me that I'm going to start betting the team total under every week and it's cashed every week. So Auburn under 15 and a half points. That is not many points, but it was 15 and a half against Arkansas and they got a goose egg. So this one is just, if you've been on it with me, we're on it until it doesn't get there. And that's just going to be the rule. And then we'll reassess when it loses. <laughs> I like that philosophy, that whole betting philosophy. So hats off to you on cashing some tickets doing that, man. Once you're already, so what is it? It's week six. So it's four and O for me at, without the Clemson one. So it's four and O. So like, if you go four and one, you just go, eh, like, that's fine. It's come to an end. We'll, we'll re-examine it, but absolutely. We're yeah, we're just, we're just riding that one. Um, I do really quick want to go again, betting on one of the top two teams in the country, clearly and betting them at a big number, the Alabama, um, Texas A&M game. We were literally looking at a 10 and a half point spread on the look ahead line. The first half is now 10 and a half given how, <laughs> um, Texas A&M has, has come out. Uh, I, I don't care. Alabama on the road. They've been playing all these three thirty games. They now get the night primetime game at A&M. Alabama is going to cover the first half. It's going to be my biggest bet of the week. It's another thing that I bet every week. I bet. Oh, you, I talked to you on Twitter last week. Remember I just went old yeah. faithful Alabama oh, first yeah. half minus eight and a half against Ole Miss comes through again. I was questioning it. Like I questioned it against Florida. Oh, at the swamp. Can we lay eight and a half, nine here at the swamp? Did it even though the Florida came back. Mm, Ole Miss, they're going to come ready for this game. Can we do it? Did it hit again? Just got to do it. And this Texas A&M team, I don't think is anywhere near as good as Florida or Ole Miss. They have some serious issues. I don't see how they score very well. The defense is solid, but I don't know for Alabama's offense. Like I'm, I'm all, all aboard roll tide. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, it'd be Alabama or pass for me. And a lot of people think, you know, Nick Saban against the spread, Julian, isn't that good? But that that's usually against the, the type of profile of like the Mercers of the world where they're favored by like 45 points. Nick Saban just kind of runs the ISOs and dives and gets out of Dodge, doesn't cover big numbers. But like I bring up Mercer because they didn't cover. And then it was almost the same score against Miami in this price range. You know, I think they were what minus 18, 19 point favorites in that one. And that's where Alabama smashes where the teams have, you know, the puncher's chance to beat them. I always right. say it that way, because look, you look at this price range under 21 points, Nick Saban's 19 and 13 against the spread when they're favored by 21 or less. So, and that's in the last 32 times that's happened. Sure enough, this kind of checks that box and you're right. You, you entered the, or you were, you were teeing up the game, Julian, and saying, you know, this was going to be a big game. And sure enough, the, the point spread was a lot tighter. We're getting a night game on CBS. I think that only happens once or twice a season. And sure enough, Texas A&M is just disappointed all season long. No quarterback uh production at all they've lost their last two games straight up and against the spread to mississippi state and arkansas this has uh alabama beatdown written all over it and i i like the first half bet as well aren't they four and zero uh, or five and zero so far this year in the first half i think they've hit every first half there might be yeah. one that they didn't hit i'm pretty sure they're five and oh I, I i just love the first half they always show up in the first half and then maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit but i don't even know if they'll do that in the saturday night primetime primetime game here um and i like that stat about Saban against the spread is 21 or less um only only other thought on on college football before we we wrap up here let down spot for kentucky coming off the win against florida lsu needs a win coming off the home loss letting that lead go to auburn lsu bounce back spot i don't care lsu is not very good <laughs> The quarterback showed me nothing in that game against Auburn. 
Kentucky is legit. I think they can, you know, Georgia's going to beat them when they play them, and Georgia's going to win that division. That's just the way it's going to go. But I think they can make a very good run, have a very good showing. I don't think this is the week Kentucky lets up. It's It sets up as a spot that you're supposed to bet LSU. But from watching the whole Kentucky game, I love what Kentucky does. From watching the whole LSU game, I don't believe in them, especially going on the road. I'm Kentucky minus three, three and a half here is the last thing for me that I'm I'm pretty high on this week. Sure, Julian. I I, I mean it'd be Kentucky or pass for me as well. You know, I, I talked to one of my um my my bookmaker friends and he threw out the number on Saturday of one and a half Kentucky. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be all over Kentucky. Sure enough, we're getting to three here. And you're right. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes up to three and a half just because LSU's offense, like you touched on, not very good. Now the spot definitely points towards Kentucky or towards LSU and the bounce back and Kentucky off of that, that huge win against Florida. Are they going to be able to kind of come back with that same intensity? I think so. I really do because they are at home. They're not having to go on the road here. Lexington's a tough place to play and you got to kind of tip your cap to Mark Stoops, second longest tenured head coach in the sec. He is doing something right. Recruiting rankings are definitely popping up. So when you go top to bottom roster, you know, roster talent here, I don't think it's that big of a discrepancy between the LSU athletes and the Kentucky athletes. It is some, but still I think coaching wise being at home here, a modest number, I like the Wildcats in the battle of the felines, Wildcats and Tigers here. <laughs> there we go. I'm looking forward to the battle of the felines on Saturday night. Um, all right. Before we get out of here um, with Drew Martin on the Unreasonable Odds podcast here presented by DraftKings, just two, three minutes MLB. We're getting the, you know, the wild card games always live up to the hype. I was at Fenway Park. With one of our producers, Matt Durgan, on Tuesday night, it was bumping. Red Sox first five-plus money, Red Sox money line. All gets through. No big deal. Um, all right, now we got the bracket set. Dodgers obviously win in, uh, you know, thrilling fashion, covering that run line as well on the two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth. Now the bracket is is set. Um my my division series take i don't i like the brewers a lot on on the series line that's something i like a lot is there any particular whether it be game one or a spot down the line in a series or a series line drew just any one spot that you're pretty passionate about in in baseball right now um you know in in terms of what i have placed personally i have the houston astros to win the world series i just like their lineup julian you know number one against righties number one against lefties i think their starting pitchers starting pitching is a little bit underrated and their bullpen has come come on a lot of late so i like the houston astros to win the world series if you can get a uh, good price tag on that in terms of series prices you know the brewers i can see where you're going with their starting pitching kind of repertoire there but what is the price on that against the Braves? Because the Braves have been resilient. Um, I wouldn't want to lay too, too high of a price. I also like the San Francisco Giants. They've been a great bet all season long and wow. so tough to go against the, 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 the Rays, especially with home field advantage, home field advantage and uh, Fenway of the South there. But that bullpen is so good for the Rays. But I, I haven't bet any series prices yet. All right. Uh, Steve's going to say why he likes the the White Sox in a second, but I'm there with you. I did bet. I don't know what time you listen to this podcast, if it's in time. I do, I do have Houston first five uh, in, in this first game. Um, I like the matchup there. Um, I did speak to Johnny Avello, the director of Sportsbook Operations, on Monday. Um, he said a $250,000 bet on the Astros to win the World Series came through. So obviously that was Drew's bet right there. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, Steve, talk some baseball to us real quick. Yeah, just real quick. Um, kind of going on the opposite of, of what Drew was saying. I love the White Sox in this series as underdogs at plus 110. This team, to me, is the most uh, balanced team in the American League left. They have the pitching, they have the offense, and they have the bullpen. If they can actually get something out of Craig Kimbrell, uh, like what we saw with the Cubs, that bullpen is going to be uh, probably the toughest in the league if you have, if you don't have the lead by the seventh inning, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at with the White Sox there. And they're fully healthy too, as well, which is something they haven't been all season long for the world series. Lock this one in. Absolutely love this one. White Sox brewers, 15 to one odds on that one. The two best pitching uh, rotations left in this world, uh, in this uh, playoffs right now. I think those are the two teams that go to the end 15 to one. Love those odds. Yeah. I mean, the, 
White Sox aren't going to win a series, so that's not going to win. But I, I appreciate okay. you swinging for the fences there. Good team. The White Sox are a good team. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Um, all right, some housekeeping before we get out of here. Once again, we are giving away 55-0 tickets to the DraftKings Week 5 Millionaire Maker. So follow Unreasonable Odds on Twitter. Um, and at noon Eastern on Friday, we are going to be giving away 50 of those tickets. So you got until then to enter. Um, he's Steve Buchanan. I'm Julian Edlow. Uh, we want to thank our guest, Drew Martin, um, for coming on the podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Drew Martin Betts. Uh, you can find his content all over the place. Wager Talk, Sports Grid, um, the Hustle Show podcast uh, with, with plenty of friends of, of the program. Um, Drew, thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Julian. Steve, nice to meet you, man. Best of luck with uh, all of your bets, ex- except that uh, Chicago White Sox bet, because <laughs> yes. it sounds like we are we both can't cash where we're going with that. And uh, again, uh, shout out to Samir in the background. Really cool guy in the background. Two shout outs for Samir Samir. one podcast. <laughs> I think that was like plus 10,000 coming into the show. You're right. It was. <laughs> it was. Cash that ticket, baby. <laughs> All right, that's a that's an unreasonable odds podcast. We'll end it here with Samir on top.